You're listening to The Wrestling Philosophy Show, where we focus on in-depth interviews with the wrestling community on coaching, perspectives, beliefs, and techniques. For the latest shows, go to WrestlingPhilosophy.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube by searching Wrestling Philosophy Show. All right, here we are with uh, Drew Lashaway. Drew, where are you at? I'm actually at Clay High School right now. So. Okay. A little background for those that don't know Drew. Give us a little rundown of what you do at Clay and uh, you know, teaching and coaching. Yeah. Uh, first off, I was hired here as a career technical education teacher. Um, just made the move to the high school for a full-time gig up here, construction trades, brand new program up here that we're establishing, uh, all trade skills, kind of trying to push kids into the union halls and, uh, and get the trade skill environment uh, going with them and uh, kind of get them aligned with their career goals. So it's kind of an awesome deal. And then I'm, on top of that, I am assistant wrestling coach here at the high school as well. So it's going uh, really well here the past five years. This is my fifth. Sweet, sweet. Sounds like a good setup. And I apologize if I call you Larry, and I don't want to confuse people oh. if I do. But what's the backstory with that? Um, well, in college, they you know they come up with some goofy names for teammates, if you will. And the family aspect in college, you know, you kind of give kind of goofy names to everybody. And uh, one of the seniors at the time, uh, Chad Sportelli, transferred in from Nebraska. He ended up giving me that name, and they put like a little tag on my locker that said Larry and. Uh, little note thing and and they were just joking while it stuck and throughout my college career they would just call me Larry Lashaway and that's kind of how that whole thing went about it was just a joke at first so gotcha so I apologize but you know it's a habit I guess if I do call you Larry so um so you got quite the coaching experience um give us a little rundown of your coaching progression you know as you graduated Kent and you know I did you know right when you were graduating from Kent that's what you wanted to do? Um, um, just walk us yeah. through the progression. Um, at the time, you know, I always wanted to be involved in the sport of wrestling. It's done a lot for me um, in my lifestyle and the, where I'm at today. Um, so I kind of wanted to give back to that aspect. And coaching was definitely something on my mind. You know, when I graduated my undergrad in College of, or in the, college of Technology, um, Bachelor of Science in College of Technology, uh, I had kind of a background in teaching as well. And with that said, you know, I kind of wanted to go into that, but if it didn't align with my career, you know, and, and where I could be hired into, um, I always had like project management and the trade skills and, uh, and that environment, which I have a lot of passion for, as you know, now I'm teaching at the career tech and the, and the high school trade skills. Uh, so I had kind of a fallback plan if the teaching and coaching didn't work out. Cause let's be honest, you know, teaching and coaching, it's great. If you can get a job, like I'm grateful for this job. Uh, but there's, it's kind of scarce trying to get in and, and get a job and teaching and coaching both in a, in a good environment, you know, and, and this is a great opportunity for me, but um, it kind of aligned with uh, my coaching going right from undergrad and graduating from Kent. Uh, Jimmy, Jim and Dracy ended up contacting me and said, Hey, what do you, what do you plan on doing? What do you want to do? You want to be around? He, he wanted me to be a part of the program still. And, and it was at the time, heck yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a part of the program. I love it here. You know, I invested a lot of time in that program and an area. I thought, why not? You know, it's, it's a great thing. I had Danny Mitchiff as my roommate. He was a year younger than me. Um, love him like a brother. And I thought, and Nick Bedley on as well, our one, two, three punch there for a while. Um, and I didn't want to leave those guys kind of behind when I graduated. I really wanted to help them reach their goals of all American status and, and kind of 
MAC championships, uh, which they both ended up doing. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was just a no brainer when when I was asked to be become you know a grad assistant, if you will, on the staff um, volunteer grad. So it kind of worked out in my favor. Um, after that, I ended up Zeb Miller and I were talking, and he had a discussion with uh, Dave Riggs at Maslin Perry about an opportunity my last year at Kent for my two year for my masters to uh, that I was going to be going on my way and and looking for a new you know career path and. Dave Riggs ended up contacting me and I went down there for a couple uh, informal interview meetings, if you will. And uh, he got me hooked up in that system and it worked out really well. I taught there for five years, learned a lot, gained a lot of knowledge in coaching. I mean, he's an expert at what he does. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I had a blast, you know, I met my wife in that area. Uh, we ended up moving back home, which I'll get to later, but you know, we, we ended up working out, and it, uh, it, we won a state title in 2014. Um, I was two, two, both state titles, right? Duels and? Yeah, dual, yeah, dual and uh, the individual. So it was awesome that year. We had, I think we had seven guys in the finals. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was, wow. it was just one of the most memorable times other than, you know, some individual state champions that we had over there that I feel like I had a pretty big impact on, uh, David Bavery, you know, and stuff like that. And, Jose Rodriguez, you know, those, we had some studs coming out of there and, uh, you know, it was really fun to work at that kind of level of wrestling, uh, and coaching. It was, uh, it was a great experience for me. Um, after my fourth year there, um, there's a coaching transition and they brought in Nate Carr, um, as a head coach. Um, and at that time, um, I was kind of in the transition of going in the, in the works of going home and, uh, getting this job at clay. So Jim Andresi actually reached out to me again, and Mikey DePalma, Ian Miller, and stuff around the team still. So I knew those guys uh, from the recruiting process when I was there coaching previously. And he asked me, you know, what are your plans for coaching this year? You know, you're, you're not the head coach there, so do you want to come up here and possibly get another opportunity to coach in college? And I said, absolutely. You know, I jumped on that opportunity right away. Um, felt grateful that he, he reached out to me. So I ended up going back there the last year teaching at Perry. And uh, then I coached at Kent State University again. Um, you know, did some individual training sessions with Mike DePalma and Miller and stuff like that with those guys as much as I could get up there, Mac. And uh, and we ended up, you know, going to the national tournament that year. And Mikey DePalma and Miller, All-American. And, you know, we had a great year. Um, it was a great experience overall in New York. It, it was just really fun to kind of close out my chapter in Northeast Ohio over there, if you will, and, and then got my opportunity to come back home. So, and I, you know, been here since uh, 2016. So this is my fifth year teaching, um, but fourth year, you know, so in general, it's, it's been going great over here as well. There's a lot of support and community backing. So that's can, awesome. Do some good things. So, so you touched on a few points there. Um, you know, Mitchiff, Bedleon, I know you uh, wrestled with a few others. Do you keep in touch with them at all? And um, you still learn from them or, you know, what kind of contacts you have with those, those guys you wrestle with? Yeah. I mean, you know, as well as anybody, you wrestled division one and, you know, in, in a college level, it's kind of your family. So um, Danny actually just reached out to me about a couple of kids last week, you know, not even on my team and uh, really values my opinion, which, you know, I do as well with him. He's, He's a great person to be in the sport. Men are kids. Um, Bedley on the same way. He coaches at Ryder University. He's reached out to me many times about student athletes. And, 
and it just comes down to just the camaraderie that we hold together in, in the family. And, you know, when you go through what you have to in a division one college wrestling program and, you know, going to class training and, and just trying to align everything and getting good grades and, you know, setting yourself up for your future. There's a lot at stake there. And, uh, and they hold a lot of, you know, they hold you up to a higher standard, you know, than a, just a normal student. It's a full-time job plus your job of being a, a, a student athlete. So it's, it's quite a bit, it's a huge feat to go through together. And, you know, you have your di- days that you're down, you got to pick each other up and, you know, that's what brothers do. And I feel like we're still family today. I mean, we keep in touch as much as we can, you know, life takes different angles on you and we all are busy, but we definitely reach out to each other as, as much as we can. And, you know, that's what the, the passion, I love that about the whole sport and what it can do for you. Exactly. So, uh, Coach Riggs, legendary coach, you know, in Ohio, obviously nationally too. You got to spend five years with him. Not many people can say that. What's the one thing you took away um, from coaching with him? Coach Riggs, you know, he he's straightforward. He's a straight shooter, and uh, and I think that's you can love it or hate it. You know, there's two different ways you can. And, but the one thing is, you got the job done no matter what he was doing. And he would be very demanding and and know exactly what plan he wanted to be on um you know you don't venture off from that it's one set rule one set plan and, and the kids staff everybody community knows you know when he was running that program it was it was this way or no way basically but hey it works and uh that's one of the things you know that i kind of took from that program and and dave riggs personally is you know you can't veer from the plan the plan's the plan you got to stay on track it's kind of a military mindset if you will um, but the main thing is you have to build relationships to have the kids trust you because if they don't trust and you don't build a relationship to have them work or fight for you, you're never going to get the, the outcomes that you would like. And, you know, that's kind of something that I will always hold dear to my heart because the kids bought in. I mean, there's no way that we could have won the state titles and did what we did with the, with the kids that we had unless they would have bought into the program and what we were exactly trying to do. Um, you know, we had great assistant coaches there when I was there at that time, uh, which kind of helps back the head coach. And uh, and Dave always aligned our kids with the toughest, the best, and the and the role models that we want to surround our kids with. He always would try to strive for those with assistant coaches. And I think that's another thing that in the future, you know, I, I do want to do, if I ever take over a program, I, I would like to align my assistant coaches and uh, role models for the kids and mentors the best I can, because that's, that's the main drive. You can't do it all by yourself. You know, this, this sport is, well, programs are too demanding for just one person. Exactly. Exactly. So what's the diff, uh, coaching in Northeast Ohio, you know, for several years, obviously the college and high school level now, Northwest Ohio, what's the biggest differences you see between those two? Um, kids are kids, you know, that's the same. Uh, but the, the program wise and culture wise, I would say is a, a little different. Now, with that being said, the culture of Northeast Ohio, you know, it's embedded in every community, um, kind of, it, it's more plentiful, I would say, like with wrestling and, and everybody just assumes, Hey, you're, you're a wrestler, you know, you, there's a lot of programs over there that have great wrestling programs and, uh, and are driven by that, you know, community district support, uh, is always there. It seems like over, over on Northeast Ohio, uh, to do great things in the sport. And there's a lot of backing from alumni over there and stuff like that. Now 
shift gears in Northwest Ohio. I'm kind of biased. I'm from Northwest Ohio. And, you know, there's great wrestling over here as well. Don't get me wrong. There's great wrestling. You know, Clay, I think, is pronounced, you know, we're doing all right. We're doing good on a state level now, trying to get these guys to state and, you know, state champions caliber, you know, team getting growing every year. Uh, Perrysburg's coming up in the rankings now. Um, there's a lot of good things happening. Dell has always been the boss on, you know, there's, there's always teams that are doing great things over here, but I don't think it's, it's, it's not as plentiful as, you know, going over to Northeast Ohio. There's not as, there's not as much depth, I would say. Um, and that's not to say anything bad about other programs. I don't want to be coming across like that, but the depth, you know, you can tell by this, by the state, what, what happens in the state every year you know, what, who places in the state the highest, what teams are placing on the top 10 board every year. And, uh, you know, that's what I go about facts. You know, I'm not trying to beat around the bush. That's, that's just the facts. So I would say the culture is a little different, but even um, at the national level, right. And you look at, you know, a lot of the nationally ranked teams coming out of Northeast Ohio. So it, it's definitely, I would agree with you deeper and just, it's just the facts, but, uh, you know, that gives us goals to work towards. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Always so, so getting back, you said, you know, born and raised Northwest Ohio guy, obviously you have uh, connections to Coach Coverly. Uh, walk us through that whole relationship and, you know, how, how you were brought back to Clay and, and that whole uh, relationship from, from Eastwood to Clay and, and how that, you know, progressed. Yeah. So Coach Coverly, you know, he's like my second dad, basically. My mentor, um, he's the head coach at Oregon Clay, and uh, he was kind of my – alignment to get in. Mark Beach was a big part of that process as well, our athletic director. Um, they actually reached out to me when I was at Perry uh, at the state tournament. I think it was two years in or three years in. And uh, they said, hey, you, you, you need to come back home. You need to coach with us. You need to be a part of our staff. And, and you just need to be home, you know, for family. And I said, you know, I, I'd love to, but the career wasn't there. You know, the teaching position wasn't open. And, uh, and I said, I, I have to align my career first, you know, coaching's great. I love it, but it's not my livelihood. It's not what I'm going to have to support my family. Um, so I really had to analyze all those things and, and put everything together before I was able to sign a contract and come home. So coach Carverly was always talking to me and, and kind of on me about coming back and being a part of his staff again. And, you know, who wouldn't want to, you know, all hall of fame coach, just like Dave Riggs, he's done a ton of things great for the community the, the schools the sports every every place he's been he's done great things in, in wrestling in the community so you know why wouldn't I want to be a part of that again um and personally you know he's he's lined my future up for what I can do now um high school all the way down through youth level at Eastwood when we were there I mean he took the reins and basically like coach Riggs you know he he set a plan out and it was one plan for everybody and you didn't veer off that plan. You know, he had a hundred percent community buy-in and parents that supported what he was doing and, and knew it was the right pathway to be successful for their kids and give opportunities like myself and, and Ryan and Eric and Ben, everybody, Kent Smith, you know, all those guys running through there that got opportunities for college scholarships was directly related to what his drive was for us and his motive the whole time. So, you know, that's one of the, the main things that I said to myself when I was looking and analyzing at coming back is, you know, I need to give back, you know, to him, you know, help him out in his program and, uh, and, you know, do it on that. Cause I can need to give back to him. You know, it's, it's just a simple fact. You, you give back to the people that gave to you and, and 
it was a no brainer when I was coming back to home. You know, it was like, as long as everything aligned with my career, I could figure out everything else. And it did. So we jumped on it. My wife and I came back, um, you know, within the first year of getting married, having a baby, you know, and the year after that, we had another, another baby and built a house. And, you know, now we're on to our third baby coming here in October. So life's aligned. I'm really grateful and thrilled to where I'm at right now in life. Um, and you know, I'm the future's looking great. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. You know, the clay, um, you know, wrestling program has great support, um, from the school and it sounds like you're in a great spot. Um, you know, get to see it throughout the year and you guys have things rolling over there. I guess, you know, when people say, you know, the schools need to support the wrestling programs, what's something that, um, you know, Clay does, you know, specifically? Um, it comes from the top down, our superintendent, all the way down, you know, to me being an assistant coach. I think we all like, we all work together. Um, you know, our whole incentive at, at Oregon City Schools is, you know, community, uh, family, and, you know, the, the community and family and love for the, the schools, you know, and, and what are we really doing this for? You know, it's, we're building kids for their future, regardless if it's school related, athletics, you know, or just mentoring kids for, for life. You know, it's, what are we trying to do? We're trying to build quality citizens in our society. And I think our whole school has that incentive in place. And we really have a drive to just be successful in that area, you know, build relationships, get the community to back us. And, and we have that, you know, it's, it's kind of, when I was hired here, it was, it was almost like I was, I almost felt above the caliber that they were hired, you know, they, they put me on a pedestal and I don't like that. You know, I, I like to be down below. I don't want to be, you know, this is the main guy we wanted to bring in and stuff like that. And I'm like, guys, I I'll help as much as I can, you know, I'll do everything I can for the program, but you know, I don't want to be everybody together. You know, it's a family. We don't do this. It's not one side, everybody dropped the egos or, you know, and there is no, you know, we're all working together on this staff and in their community and in the schools that it kind of it's fun for us it's not it's not a competition between amongst the whole family it's it's a one working together which is really cool and it's fun so I mean it that's kind of what I loved about coming to the school when I was hired you know everybody's working as one it's one unit so it was fun so you know with coach Coverly brought up you know through him you know, he's your coach now coaching alongside them a lot alongside him um you know, what's, how do you guys compliment each other, compliment, you know, what, how do you guys work together, you know, with your strong suits or, you know, what are your opportunities are? How do you guys work together? Um, well, we work together. I, he, I was born and raised in his program. So mm -hmm. we think we're very like-minded. I mean, we think the same on, on how we're going to get kids to perform. Um, I'm kind of old school, but yet have the young, you know, kind of bond with the kids. And I'm hardcore. I'm all about fight, hard work, and getting after it. You know, there's there's no big technical secret with my coaching style. It's it's more or less let's put our nose to the grindstone and go after it. And Coach Carberly is a military mindset. You know, he was in the Marines, and it's no excuses, guys. Let's get after it. Let's get to work. And there's no substitute for hard work. And if we're not going to beat you with technique, we're going to beat you with hard work. And you know that's you can win probably 95% of your matches just based on work ethic and, and the fight. So, you know, that's our whole motive to get our kids to break through those barriers and comfort zones. And, and not that we're, you know, putting 
abusive structures in our in our style of wrestling but wrestling's wrestling you know there's no big secret about wrestling you just get out there you gotta fight for everything the guy's trying to take something from you you better you better go out there and grab that bird so it's you know that's what's fun um the one thing that i had to kind of work through if you will uh, when i first got here was juggling like hey he's he's my colleague now not my head high school coach or you know it's right. my mentor but he's like I I put him way up on the top of this pedestal and I I kind of I didn't know how to gauge that you know I was kind of nervous around him still like an athlete would be around a head coach and and now it's becoming like like the brotherhood of, of right. coaching it's coaches. easier said than done it's you're trying to get the respect of the kids too you don't you know as a coach right you don't want to be looked at as you know the new guy either so it's, it's a it's a balance balancing act yes absolutely so um obviously you're a family guy you talked about your family and your growing family um i guess talk a little bit about that because we know it's a family commitment you know i guess your parents talk about you know how you got your start in wrestling and i guess um that whole start yeah um well i i watched a couple matches at the school of course when you're a part of an Eastwood district, you kind of watch a little bit if they're having like a dual meet at home and you just so happen to look at it. And my cousin at the time was wrestling um, at a nearby school and, and I ended up going to one of his matches and I'm like, hey, that looks kind of fun. You know, I was always the energetic kid and couldn't sit still and always, you know, hands on my sister and I would get into, she, my sister's older. So we would always get into little tussles at home and mom would always try to, you know, keep me controlled if you will she's like well what better way than to put my son in wrestling you know that's hands-on he'll get his energy worked out of him and a flyer went home Cubs would send out these flyers every year from Eastwood uh, to all the elementary schools because at that time it was all separate elementaries and I ended up taking one home and signing up that year and I believe I was five or six I forget um, the exact year I started but uh you know, we just did the seasonal thing. Um, it wasn't like my, my dad actually never wrestled. My mom was in a couple you know, sports. My dad was more of a mechanical guy, trade skill guy, which I have the passion for now with, with the construction trades. Um, but you know, it was a, it was a really good balance. I, I wasn't pushed. I wasn't forced into it. Um, you know, I, like I said, I did it seasonal up until junior high. And then that's when, or moving into junior high season, sixth grade on up, I started going to camps in the summer with Cubs. And, and then I started getting more involved in the off season stuff. Um, but, you know, it, my parents and stuff, they were always really supportive, always would come to everything. And no matter what I wanted to do, my dad would find a way to pay for it and, and work extra side jobs and whatnot. Um, but, you know, it was all in return of how hard I would work and, how important it was for me. You know, I, if I would just go through the motions, he wasn't going to do that. My dad was, you know, a straight shooter. And he said, you know, if you're going to do this, you're committed and this is what you're going to do. And, uh, you know, I, I made it important enough to commit. Um, but, you know, family support is a huge thing in wrestling. You know how demanding it is. I mean, yourself. So were your parents a lot on the same page or, you know, was one good cop, bad cop or what, I guess, two things you took away from your parents. I know my parents were uh, a lot on the same page, but, you know, they definitely uh, had different uh, impact and, and views on, on, on youth athletics, um, yeah. I guess. Um, you know, my parents never really pushed the sports issue, you know, too much. Uh, I was a kind of a farm kid. We have hobbies and different things, and we did a lot of stuff together as a family other than sports um, that kind of helped balance my life out. But, you know, mom, she 
she was she baby I was the baby of the family I'm not gonna lie so she would baby me a little bit and dad would always you know he wouldn't be stern but he would tell me you know this is how it's gonna be and then we'd go through it like that and you know that that I think the balance of that but they no matter what my sister and I did in life um I can say that that's the one thing that I can look back on and still today I mean we live on the same farm land if you will and there's still 100% backing on everything we do you know you you always have your failures in life or, or failures you think that, you know, that, that didn't come together like you should, that you think they should have. Um, but they're always there to support me and, and always back me on, on the things that I've done. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without the love and support they have for me right. um, with sports and then everything. So, so um, you have, uh, you know, that upbringing, you know, now you're having your own, own children. Um, I'm sure you're eager for them to get, involved in the sport, you know, as a coach for these new parents that are maybe on the fence, uh, new parents to the sport, what do you say to them? You know, it's a t big time commitment for them, for them, but you know, the, the payoffs in the long run are huge. What do you say to a new parent that uh, is thinking about putting their kid in wrestling? You know, I'm sure you have them every year up at clay. You know, what, what do you say to them? Um, the main thing that I, I'd love to get across to youth parents nowadays and, and this kind of, piggybacks off of other you know people saying on podcasts and stuff like that Aspen's been talking about youth wrestling and stuff like that and not pushing their kids you know I kind of want to piggyback off of that stuff uh, you don't want to overwork your kids and it's really hard when you're passionate or you may be living through your your son or daughter who's wrestling um, because you didn't accomplish your goals maybe or you know there's a lot of factors that could be involved in it and the one thing I really want to say is keep it fun, keep it exciting for kids and, and don't push the limits. You know, this is a marathon. It's not right now. It's a process of, of learning and enjoying the sport. And let's be honest, our numbers in the sport, you know, they could die if we keep pushing kids away, you know, and forcing kids to do things that they don't want to do. And, and there's a fine line with that, you know, as an, as a parent now, I can truly say there's a fine line, you know, you can, you need to drive your kids. You need to set them up so they're, they have, the ambition in life to succeed and, and to get goals met and have a vision for that. Even at my, my three and a half year old boy, you know, I got to keep him motivated sometimes too, to do the right things. You know, they're all, they're squirrely, but you know, you got to set those, those guidelines for them, but push them at the same time, but not, you can't go, there's a real fine line with that because you can't allow them to do too, they can't go too far, but then you got to set restrictions on them on, on how much you're going to do throughout the year. So for example, if, if I was to start my son next year in wrestling, I would probably let him do seasonal stuff, you know, begin mess around with it a little bit, figure out the techniques, you know, not to say we don't do that at home messing around, but it's not, it's not a full fledged practice. It's not a full fledged 60 match tournaments a year. You know, it's pump the brakes a little bit is what I want to try to turn. Oh yeah. Out you don't have to do it all right now. And, you know, I, I had a tremendous amount of losses up through my youth days, you know, to junior high. And then it started clicking, you know, and, and I got the passion to, to do all the things that you needed to do to be a successful wrestler. Um, you know, build athleticism when they're young, you know, get them excited about the sport, have them be committed in a different sport, a team sport, not necessarily, you know, wrestling's a team sport, but it's more individual at that age. But have them become a part of a football or soccer or baseball, you know, be diverse with your sports and, 
get them to be an athlete in those and, and it'll grow with the wrestling as well. So you gotta, you gotta just watch how much you're pushing kids. Oh, hundred percent. You, you mentioned Askren earlier. Um, if you ever watch him before his fights, you know, he's retired now, but you know, he'd be all about having fun and relax and be, you know, super laid back playing cards or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, another, uh, MMA reference I've, I've heard is you'd rather be, you know, a little under trained than a little, little over trained. Um, and I think the, you know, obviously, you know, that translates to wrestling, you know, if you don't, you're overtrained and beat up, it's going to show out there on the mat or, you know, even if you get to the mat, you know, you might quit before that. So, um, no, that, that's a great point. Now, what if, you know, with that overtrained, you know, we see it every year, you know, kids, you know, pushing too hard, you know, on their young kid or whatever age it may, may it be. Um, hey, what do you say to those, you know, those parents or what, if, you know, you got a new coach coming into the sport, what, what uh, suggestions you have for them when they see a coach maybe, or a parent pushing too hard? You know, I'd have a, I'd have a meeting with them. Um, not calling them out in front of other peers or other families in there. Um, I kind of call them to the side one practice or, you know, during a warm up and say, Hey, do you have a minute to talk? You know, it, you don't want to put someone in an uncomfortable position because it's already going to be a little uncomfortable. Um, but the main thing you need to get across to those parents is the simple fact you're, your kid's not going to withstand all this sport's hard. I mean, it is, it's a demanding sport. It's very hard. Um, not not everybody can do the sport. I'll be 100% honest. You know, I don't care. Well, that's, that's what makes it special, though, right? I mean, not Absolutely. everyone can do it. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing that you need to – that I would say to the parents, you know, you don't need to push your kid to the point where he's going to break and not want to do this and totally be turned off. Now, that's not to say if kids will cross the line. You know, it's, it's a natural thing. If a kid crosses the line, yeah, he needs to be reprimanded for that. But there's a fine line with that. You, there's ways to go about that, too. You know, mediation after the fact, you know, and, and talking to the, the student athlete about his actions after he did this or, you know, his actions during the match. And instead of going off the deep end and yelling at the kid or, or being physical, physically abusive to him or whatever happens, you know, to some, that some parents do, take a step back. I would say take say pause, pause yourself for a minute, regain your thoughts, and then go back and talk to that that uh, your your child after the fact, and and just let them know, hey, you know this was acceptable behavior, this wasn't acceptable behavior, um, this is how we're going to work through this, and if it happens again, there's going to be you know repercussions. You know you you got to kind of set guidelines with your with your uh, child, and and don't don't let your emotions take over. Um, parents are really passionate about what they do and you know they could be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars you know a year on clinics and camps and whatnot but at the end of the day you have to allow your student or allow your uh, child to tell you you have to read signs you know if you're if your child's telling you hey I don't want to go to this camp this weekend then don't waste five hundred dollars on this camp right, you know it, right. you gotta you gotta know your child and you know, they will try to pull fast ones on you. I mm -hmm. get it when I've been coaching for years now and they'll be the, you know, they'll suck you in and then tell you excuse and you think it's real, but then you come back a month later and figure out Johnny was playing with his buddies that weekend instead of, you know, doing a family vacation. Right. So, you know, it, there's a lot of things that can be contributed to false, you know, false excuses, if you will, but right. you just kind of balance that out. And, 
and I guess it comes with experience, but that's for us as coaches to help guide our parents. You know, we, we have to be the voice to our parents too. You know, communication's key. And if we don't, if we don't have an open line of communication with our parents and uh, talk them through those situations, it could affect the whole program. And, you know, cause other people say witness that stuff and, and it, it could be a trickle effect. You know, I don't want to be a part of that program because this so-and-so dad's acting crazy and it puts a bad name on our program. Right. You know, so that's kind of things you got to balance and, and weigh the, you know, weigh the outcomes of what could happen if you let that progress all season long. Right. So, so, um, you know, we all have setbacks, whether it's competing or coaching, whatever it may be. What's, uh, I guess, one of your biggest setbacks that you've learned from, you know, no one's been perfect at, you know, wrestling or coaching. What's one of the biggest setbacks that's kind of fueled you or, uh, you know, you know, shaped you and who you are now? Um, I would say the NCAA tournament my senior year. Um, I had aspirations of being All-American. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I was, you know, ranked to be an All-American and uh, beat a couple of high-caliber guys that year, um, many of them throughout my career. And I just felt like my, my whole year was going great. And then, you know, I ended up winning my first two matches, beating fifth seed second round. And, uh, and that, then that interview, by the way, after was it with Bader? That's still one of my yeah. favorites. That's it's pretty yeah, uh, with my black eye. Yeah, it's and, pretty passion filled. Yeah. Uh, you know, right off the mat, still sweating. It's pretty pretty awesome interview. I love, it. but you know, that's that's the moments that I embrace. You know, it's it's not. I guess outcomes aren't necessarily what shapes your life. Um, you know, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. When my aunt would send me all your articles, Jared, in, in high school with you, you know, four timer, this and that. And I'd have them posted wow. in my wall, you know, you're Northwest Ohio guy. Right. I was Northwest Ohio. I'm like, man, I got to do that. Like, that's my goal. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And wow, that, that's you know, cool, I didn't yeah. reach, yeah, I didn't reach my goal as a state champion until my senior year, but you know, my goal is to be a four time state champ, just like you were in, in high school. And, and that was one of those things that I always hung up on my wall and, and kind of dreamt to be. Um, and you were for well. Eastwood's first, First state champ, correct? Yep, yep. Wow, two thousand That's pretty. Yeah, cool. so it was a you know, like I said, my my high school ended like it you know like it was planned, if you will. Um, you know, I had a great season and and I won that title for Cubs as first state champion for them, and you know that was an amazing experience. And and going off of that, you know, that uh, acceleration at the end, all the way through college, you know, I was I was thinking, you know, this is going to be a good opportunity for me to All-American. I can have my name on Kent's wall for the rest of my life, other than being a MAC champion. But, you know, and MAC titles, they're awesome. But that NCAA All-American status, um, it, you know, at times it does get, get me a little bit, you know, when I'm going back through and, you know, my wife ended up getting us tickets to uh, Pittsburgh and we watched the NCAA tournament and when that blood round came into effect and I'm sitting there getting antsy and she looks over at me, I'm I'm getting my hand, my hands start sweating. And I'm like, she's like, are you okay? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I'm okay. But it's just, Mm -hmm. it's too fresh still. Like I'm still young in the competitive mind and I'm so far off. I'm retired a hundred percent, but you know, you get that competitive edge again. And that kind of gets to me at times, but the main thing I refocus on when I start thinking like that or, or get to that mindset is, you know, how can I help kids to reach that level that I didn't get to? Um, a prime example was when I stepped back into the college room, uh, the year I was at Perry, my last year over in Northeast Ohio, um, Mikey De Palma um, and I were training quite a bit that year. And 
uh, Mac McGuire, all those guys that were in there. Well, those guys had aspirations of doing something that I didn't get as my goal. And that drove me more to see them all American that year with Ian and, and uh, Mikey De Palma. But Mikey specifically, he went out there and he became all American and he was beating really good guys, you know, he, but he wasn't on the map until that year, really. You know, he right. came from Edinburgh, transferred in. And, you know, I feel like we made a great bond. We made a great connection and I kind of helped mentor him through that process. And that to me is by far a better memory than me being becoming an All-American being on that wall. To have that guy do that and me being a part of that and, you know, the hugs and, you know, celebration afterwards, that feeling of him doing that was like no other. So, you know, I, I firmly believe things happen for a reason. It's not up to us. You know, right. it's the So I don't think that that set me back, if you will, or was a failure because mm -hmm. I can impact somebody else now based on right. my experience. Well, let's face it, too. Right. Uh, in the consolation, you lost to a, a future Olympian. So it's not like you, you know, had an easy path to, to get on that podium either. Right. No. And, and that's yeah, it, it was it was tough. But, you know, I, all excuses aside, I don't you know, I don't like to place blame or whatever mm -hmm. and make excuses. But, yeah, it was. Anytime you go to a Division One NCAA tournament, there's right. nothing, nothing I mean, that's like that tournament, right? <laughs> yeah, there's that's the pinnacle of all tournaments. You've been there, you've wrestled in it. You know, there those guys on any given day, other than the freaks, you know, at the top, mm -hmm. they could trade spots in that ranking. That ranking doesn't mean anything. Not a thing. I mean, so you know, you could be in a pigtail with an unranked guy. He can walk his way all through All American status. I mean, it happens it's every year, every, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, number one seeds get knocked off first round. It's mm -hmm. it's just wild. That tournament, you better be on. From the time you step on that mat, you lace up your shoes, you better be on every second of that tournament. Or that that's just yeah. the level of, of skill, skill set right. in that tournament. Right. So, yeah, it, it was a great experience my two years down there. And, and I would not trade that by any means. I mean, wrestling in front of 20 or 18,000 people and just – those brand new NCAA res light mats. I mean, there's no better feeling than that, that whole atmosphere. I mean, right. it's just amazing. It's pretty cool. So. Nothing like it. Um, yeah. You know, as a coach, you know, kind of changing gears a little bit. What's one thing if you could change about, you know, let's just focus on wrestling. What's one thing you would change if you could change it? Stalling. Stalling. Okay. hundred percent stalling. What would you, what would you um, change about I it? like the college rule, you know, giving them uh the the point you know basically if you if you call stalling you know you should the other kids should get a war or a point now i get both aspects of this you know we're we're teaching high school kids it's not college but abusing the stall call you know for injury because you're not in shape mm -hmm. really really bugs me now if it's a legitimate injury where the kid clearly has a bone protruding or a shoulder out or something like that then, but how do you gauge that? Because yeah, how do you, yeah. you know, how do you, LeBron James is the best actor in the in the world when it comes to stuff in the NBA? And mm -hmm. how do you, you know, a kid can act just like that, mm -hmm. you know, based on his acting skills. So how do you gauge that as a referee? You can't. How do you gauge it as a coach? You know, it's kind of hard for me sometimes to to analyze. That's why I'm not a physical trainer to analyze mm -hmm. injuries. You know. I, I just assume sometimes that a kid is, you know, maybe he's just playing the system. He doesn't want to work hard today in practice. Right. And then, you know, until we get an assessment through uh, a physical trainer or our doctor, you know, then you actually know. But 
sometimes kids will pull fast ones on you because they don't want to work that day. You know, we all have those tendencies, but mm -hmm. it's, it'll happen. So with that aspect, I think the stalling thing is really what bugs me the most. Um, if it's not used legitimately and, and it's kind of used as a crutch because I've seen a lot of kids, prime example, you're going into overtime, for example, and the kid's dead tired. Right. You know, and, and our, our kid's ready to go. He steps on that line. He's waiting for him. The kid's walking back, and next thing you know, he throws his finger up. That right there irritates me to know mm -hmm. if we're going into overtime, you throw your finger up like that, and the ref, and you see that, I say no, no uh, clear, you know, injury, right? That, that's definitely different than getting slammed or posting the wrong definitely. way, right? So that – I don't know how you'd work through that or how uh, you – That'd be a process. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how you'd, you'd, you'd figure out how to figure that. I, I don't know. You can't change that rule. I get it. But right. that's just one way. It just hurt. takes time, right? It's not something you can jump right in at the, the high school yep. level, but it, it's possible. Yep, hopefully. <laughs> you you have any uh, favorite uh, wrestling follows, social media or podcast? What what are you kind of on your, on your downtime, I guess, when you have downtime? I know you got the kids and teaching, yeah. coaching. Like, what do you, what's, uh, what do you like to do or? Listen. Yeah, well, um, downtime with I Zeb Miller, of course, because he's my buddy on Facebook. So, I mean, Zeb posts some crazy stuff and with families and stuff. I always like to keep, uh, uh, you know, keep in contact with him via social media, like videos and wrestling stuff on there. So it's kind of nice to have him as a friend. Um, so that kind of helps out. Um, I don't have a flow account. My wife's a budget queen. She won't let me purchase it. So <laughs> I don't have that or, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but no, I, I kind of try to limit myself on social media, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's good things and bad things. Uh, you can get really sucked into negative stuff on social media. And I think positive things, accolades, um, events, like OAC stuff, uh, stuff that's promotion to the sport in a positive way, absolutely put that out there. Camps that provide a good service to our kids, um, programs that are doing some highlighted new level um, things that, that could benefit little programs that don't know much about that experience or, or type of coaching philosophies. That's great stuff. Um, podcasts like yourself now, you know, that – this is all great things to promote the sport of wrestling and grow it. Um, but like I said, I, I don't get wrapped up in rankings. Um, I don't get wrapped up in yappy. I don't get wrapped up in, uh, you know, that I don't, that sort of stuff doesn't matter. I can only control what I can control. Mm -hmm. And that's my system, my culture that we have here. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's not something that I want to kind of venture out. You stress out about stuff like that. You don't, you put negative thoughts in your head and, and it's not, it's not something that I want to add to my life. My life, you know, I want to stay positive. I want to focus on the things that are important to me, like helping these kids, my family, my teaching right. job and, and kind of focus on that stuff other than clouding my mind with, with things that are negative. Meaningless. And, and really, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and you, you can get caught up in it. I, I have personally, you know, I've gotten caught up in the negative media. I mean, you don't, we all are, we all have, you know, we're human. Yeah. So, you know, I just try to stay positive, um, do the things that I can control in life and, uh, and try to be, you know, make my life as happy as I can, you know, so yeah. my nope. kids sake and my family. No, well, thanks for your time today. That definitely, uh, it's a good, good conversations. Looking forward to having you back and, uh, 
you know, looking forward to, to talking and seeing you soon. Yeah, sounds good, Jerry. Thank you.